Chapter 11 Mom sat on the bar stool next to me in the kitchenette. Headache? I rubbed my temples and nodded. You need to eat. I nodded again and rested my head on my arm. There's lettuce in the trash, I mumbled in my sleeve. Lettuce in the rash? Mom asked. I gave her a quizzical look. No, there's... I pointed to the trash can where I'd tossed yesterday's lunch. Forget it. Jimmy's coming with food soon, Mom said. How nice of him. Maybe I should ask him to bring something for your head, too. I waved a hand dismissively. What I needed was American artery-clogging food, like pancakes, and coffee. I ought to show you how to use a staff, Mom said. You may need a weapon eventually. The last thing I wanted to think about was how to kill someone or defend myself. So far, doing the opposite of anything violent had been my greatest self-defense. More than likely, Marcus had never trained a warrior to win by running or playing guitar. I slumped and rested my head on the counter. My head's throb counting the seconds. Mom? Hmm? Just making sure you're still there. As she rubbed my neck, relief comforted my soul. A knock at the door pulled Mom's hand away. Jimmy came in with a tray of three paper bags and steaming mugs. I perked up at the smell. Coffee! He eyed me. What happened to you? What? You don't look like this when you wake up? Headache, Mom said. I held the mug up to my nose and sniffed deeply. Mom's brow raised. Don't judge, I said. It's been a long time. Yeah, Jimmy said. Three days. Is that it? I muttered through the events, counting out the days on one hand. She needs food, Mom said to Jimmy. Jimmy set the bag in front of me and pulled out soft bread, olive oil, cheese, and an apple. I dipped the bread into the oil and shoved it in my mouth. Is Carper furious with me? Jimmy placed a bag in front of him and pulled out the contents. Carper hasn't come out of his room yet. Usually Bahar's power improves his mood. Want to tell me how your performance made him so upset? I sipped my coffee. How much should Jimmy know? Peril saw a vision, Mom said. The Lasaris are coming to Moon City. Is Carper in the vision? No, I said. Jimmy drummed his fingers on the counter. Good. He took a bite of bread. What's so good about that? I asked. Carper already knows that the Lasaris will come. He must have figured from the vision that it's soon. But he thinks your powers will save him. My powers would save him if I did what Shia asked and protected him. I still don't understand why Carper was upset. Jimmy said. It's because of Elohim's voice, Mom said. Jimmy set down his coffee. What happened? Under my wings, I said. That's what Elohim told me right after the walls fell. In Peril's vision, Mom said. Elohim protected. What does that mean to Carper? I asked. It means that Elohim's power in you is greater than Carper using your power, Jimmy said. It means that you are a threat, Peril. Saliva stuck in my throat. What will he do to me? Mom's face grew ashen. You need to hide. I'd become great at hiding, but was that the answer? I'm not going with you yet, Mom said, not until I know it's safe for me to go. I jumped off the stool. I'm not leaving without you. A thump sounded at the door, followed by keys turning the handle. What was the point of a lock? A guard barged in. Peru and Bahar, you're wanted in the training center. I'm not ready, I said. 
The guard glanced at the watch on his wrist. Five minutes. I'm waiting out here. He eyed Jimmy's breakfast, then him. He opened his mouth and shut it instead and closed the door. I need to go, Jimmy said. He'll question where my loyalty lies if I spend too much time with you. Should we hide now? I asked in a whisper. Jimmy piled the mugs on the tray. Not yet. I agree, Mom said. It's too obvious right now. We need to think of a place that Carper would never look or a way to hide in the woods. I'll see what I can do for you. Jimmy left. I tried to move myself toward the bathroom, but my feet stayed rooted. Will he hurt me? You need to get dressed, Mom said. I forced myself forward and opened the wardrobe. It's not like anything in here is different from what I'm already wearing. Then at least try to look like you didn't just wake up from the dead. I ran to the bathroom and brushed my teeth, washed my face, and pulled my hair into a bun. When I looked in the mirror, I noticed my complexion appeared drained. How would whatever I'd endure next change my reflection? You can do this, Peril, I said to myself. Mom knocked on the door before entering the bathroom. Dang it, Peril, are you done yet? Now's not the time to examine your beauty. Gosh, Mom, why would I do that? I threw on shoes. It's not like I care what Carper thinks of me. Keep it that way. She watched me as I bit into my apple that tasted like toothpaste. What was going through Mom's mind? Did the pain of her past with Carper hurt her so much that she couldn't share? You won't tell me what he's done to you, will you? Nope. She hurried to the bedroom door. Why not? She sighed and moved a stray piece of hair from my face. You're not ready. The warriors lined up around the edge of the courtyard where they trained to kill. Their stance reminded me of wolves ready to charge. Mom and I stood in the middle with Marcus. Whatever Carper had in mind, he wanted a larger audience and there was no escaping. Carper and his companions sat on the platform. Jimmy stood nearby. I put my hands on my hips to control trembling. More than likely, Marcus could smell fear and had already sensed it. Para has no training to fight, Marcus' voice echoed off the warriors, as if they were bricks. But her power will supposedly show her how. Were we going to fight the warriors? Mom and I should have run while we had the chance. If Bahar is one of the chosen Lasaris, Marcus said to the crowd, she will show Para what happens when we don't follow Carper. I tried to avoid eye contact with the warriors. Were they stepping closer, or was my head spinning? I'd heard Mom was skilled enough to fight them all. But even with training, I'd never be able to fight the warriors. Carper had to know that I was a runner and musician. If this was another test to see what I could do, well, I could tell him I'd lose. Then again, how did I know what I could or couldn't do? The power had surprised me last night. Maybe it would again. Marcus faced me and Mom. No weapons, only your hands. I pulled my hands tight against my chest. There were only two of us, and many of them. How am I going to fight all of them? Marcus barked laughter. We're fighting each other, Pero, Mom said. My whole body burned. Me fighting Mom? How could I even pretend to know what to do without hurting her? Ten seconds, Marcus joined the crowd. Mom edged close to me and spoke so softly I could barely understand. Follow my lead. Mom paced around me. I followed what I observed, slowly circling. I swallowed a lump in my throat. I'd never hurt another person before. Was it natural to fight? 
I tried to imagine that this wasn't Mom in front of me, but Carper, and let the anger and hatred kindle. Here was my enemy. Here was my chance to show what happens when someone messes with innocent people. But it wasn't Carper. It was Mom. Elhim, if you really are the source of my power, show me what to do. If I could hear his voice, surely he could hear mine. Mom came at me quickly and punched me in the arm. I fell hard. The warriors didn't cheer or respond. Carper's friends made up for the silence with laughter that made their backs hunch. Do it again, Bahar, one man said. I've got good money on you. They were betting on who'd win? I stood and put my hands up in defense as Mom circled around me. Punch my face, Mom said. I'll be easy on you. My whole life, I had dreamed of Mom's face. I couldn't punch it. Neither could I be a fool. I swung at her face. Mom ducked and grabbed my arm. She twisted it so that it was behind my back. Again, she said. Pain shot through me from the point where Mom had a hold of my arm to my back. I didn't move until she let go. What was she doing to me? I punched at her again, and this time she ducked, spun, and kicked my legs from under me. I landed on my side with a bang. My leg and hip burned. Up, she said. It had to be an act, like the ones I'd given the last few days. She was surviving, and I was the victim. She'd never go too far and hurt me. Unless she wasn't kind after all. Mom slapped my cheek. The impact smacked like a loud clap. I turned my back to her and put my hand on my face where it throbbed. This was never the mom I imagined. She wasn't supposed to hurt me, to break me and reduce me to nothing. We were the chosen, after all. Yet, I'd left Dad to go somewhere I didn't want to go, in order to find someone who I never knew, but who I thought I wanted. And now that someone had stung me with a slap. Blood dripped to my fingertips. I lifted my hand to find it bright red and sticky. Before I could react, the surrounding sky turned black. The warriors were gone. Carper, gone. Moon City, gone. Someone had placed me in a virtual reality. A vision. Mom was there. Her form muted as if she were in a picture set to sepia tone. I saw the silhouette of a throne. On the throne, a man wore a bright golden crown. The crown's brightness revealed the man's face. Carper. Mom's voice faded into the background, then slowly grew in volume. Elhim's power is here. Hit me while you have a chance. I heard a voice in my head. Offer your other cheek. Elhim. I couldn't doubt his existence any longer, but what would being passive do? Mom paced. In the vision, Carper's face glowed until it nearly blinded me. I closed my eyes. The light was still there. Brighter, brighter. One light flashed on an unfamiliar face. He wore a crown and blood trickled down his head. Then he was gone. I blinked my eyes to focus on Mom. Her image blurred. I blinked again. She came into focus, her face beautiful, tangible, close yet still so far. Mom's fists were up and ready. I couldn't fight and wouldn't. Placing my hands behind my back, I planted my feet in front of her and turned my head to the left so that she saw my right side. Mom stopped any signs of aggression. The darkness left. 
Moon City was back. The people were back. Carper's followers were quiet. Hit the other cheek, I said. Mom did nothing. Hit the other cheek. Mom stepped back. What was she doing? If she slapped me, she'd be safe. No. Carper's followers gasped. What did you say? Marcus came closer. Mom glared at Carper and stood solidly. I said no. I should have slapped her. I should have played her game. Now she was in danger. Now she... Carper pulled out a gun and aimed it at Jimmy. Stop! I yelled. Carper couldn't hear me. Jimmy! I screamed. Carper pulled the trigger. Jimmy fell to the floor. That's what happens to traitors. Carper snapped his finger. I want Bahar take Pero to her room. I'll ask for her later. Two guards surrounded Mom. I reached for her, but Marcus blocked me. You can't take her! Two guards grabbed my arms. Carper! He turned toward me. I'll protect you, I said to Carper. I'll make sure the vision happens the way you want it. Peril, no, Mom said. She didn't understand. Neither did I, really. Elohim wanted him as king. Carper walked away toward the mansion. I had to make him see I was on his side. It was the only way to get us out. I couldn't let Mom be hurt, like Jimmy. Remember what I told you, Peril? Mom said. Find a way. The guards pulled me. I can't. I fought against their hold. They gripped tighter. I can't. I can't. I screamed out her name. Mom! I was three again. She was in the closet, turmoil in her eyes, except this time there was no last embrace or necklace to save me. The guards threw me inside my room and closed the door faster than I could reach it. I slammed against it with my fists. You have no right. She's my mom. Do you hear me? I pounded harder. Listen! But no one was there. I was nobody's feather. Dropping my fists, I sunk to the floor and cried.